everybody to Edge of the Rabbit Hole. I'm author and ghost historian Mike Ricksecker. With me as always is my co-hostess Vanessa Hogel. We have a wonderful show coming up for you tonight. Jeremy Ray from MUFON is with us. He was also on the Alaska Triangle, same show I was on uh, a few months ago. And let me give you a little bit rundown here about Jeremy. So uh, Jeremy Ray is a star team investigator from MUFON. The last 15 years, Jeremy has been conducting UFO investigations in California, Texas, and Colorado. In 2008, he was promoted to star team investigator and worked with Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies on high-level UFO cases. Jeremy has represented MUFON on several radio and television shows. He's also been a guest speaker at MUFON symposiums. And like I said, he's also appeared on the Alaska Triangle. Uh, So Jeremy, fantastic to have you with us. Thanks for coming aboard. Thanks for having me, Mike and Vanessa. Appreciate it. You're very welcome. I'm excited. (laughs) (laughs) And real quick, Mike, real quick, just for those who don't know, because I actually didn't know either. MUFON, for any of the viewers that are watching right now, um, Jeremy, correct me if I'm wrong, that is Mutual UFO Network. Um, That's what that stands for. And from my understanding, it is an independent researching network that doesn't have government ties correct to go either way is that ish is that correct uh well it's a nonprofit organization okay. um, mm-hmm. and everybody volunteers uh, mm-hmm. uh we don't get like i say we don't get paid to do this i did when i worked through the bigelow aerospace thing but that was mm-hmm. only for a, a short time um and we're the largest ufo organization it's international it's worldwide mm-hmm. Um, and we, we are one of the only ones that, um, well, not, there are some small groups that do this, but we actually conduct UFO investigations. A lot of UFO groups just take the reports and, and that's it. But we'll actually call the witness, talk to them, see if there's any more additional information, the pertinent report, if there's any evidence that we could gather. Um, and we can also corroborate other, other UFO organizations to see if they had a sighting report around the same time. So we have a pretty big checklist that we go through. We try to bring it, uh, try to come to a down to earth explanation. Um, Mm -hmm. and if we can't, it's, then it'll be characterized as uh, an unknown. Doesn't mean it was an extraterrestrial from somewhere else. It just means that we've gone through our entire checklist of you name it. And we couldn't find a down to earth explanation. At least that's how I conduct my investigations. That's great. Awesome. Uh, I think more people need to conduct investigations that way. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty thorough. I mean, MUFON is, I mean, you guys have been around for quite a while, since the 60s, right? Uh, 19, yep, 1969 is when it started. Um, uh, the, the history of MUFON is pretty interesting, uh, but it, it was a small group, and then it expanded over time to where now it's international. I mean, I mean 1969 is... 2020 so that's like almost 50 years yeah yeah thereabouts wow now where did your interest in ufo phenomena come into play well actually i uh growing up as a kid i liked star wars you know i mean i I did like a little (laughs) bit of sci-fi stuff but that but i was never into ufos um to me in my mind it was you put that in the category of santa claus tooth fairy easter bunny category it's it's make-believe but then I had my own personal sighting when I was 16 and it changed that one day changed my whole life and my whole perspective. And from that day forward, I've been into UFOs. So it's almost been see, 1996, 16. It's been a long time. Uh, a little while. But, uh, can you, can you share that experience <laughs> yeah. with what, us? What happened uh, with sure. this experience? Yeah. So I was, it was, I was a, a cadet at Marine military Academy and I was down, I was home uh, on spring break and uh, I was going over to a friend's house because he had a driver's license and we were going to drive down to the South Padre Island and, you know, go find some women and probably score some <laughs> beer. You know, that's what every 16 year old wants to do. So that's where my focus was. But I want to let you know that that incident changed my plans. There was no spring break. I, I was basically walking over to his house, came around a corner, our neighborhood kind of curved around and there was um, this light hovering about a hundred feet off the ground. Uh, I, I, Stood there for about five minutes, and I couldn't figure out what it was. Um, so I decided to ring the doorbells and get the neighbors out of the house. Uh, I rang the door that was right next to me. I didn't know these people. I introduced myself, said, hi, I'm your neighbor from down the street. I'm sorry to bother you, sir, but I was wondering if you could tell me what this is. Because uh, I'm a kid, and I wanted a grown-up to give me a grown-up explanation. And when they walked out and looked at it, because they had an overhang they couldn't see, but when they 
walked out and looked. They totally freaked out and went inside. And I thought that was kind of eccentric. So I was just like, well, I'll just get another person. So I started to walk and then they came back out with their sunglasses and a camera and they were, they were ready to rock. So I'll, it's kind of a, this thing hung around for about 15 minutes. And I know we don't have much time, so I'll try to cram it in like a few sentences. But <laughs> no, basically, you're, fine. you're good. Okay. Well, basically, uh, they didn't know what it was. I didn't know what it was. And it, like I said, it was, it was March 20th, 1996. It was a Wednesday. And I remembered the sun, it was three o'clock. So the sun was like above your head or right at an angle. And the UFO was right under it. So the sunlight was hurting my eyes. The UFO was brighter than the sun, but that didn't hurt my eyes. Hmm. So I wanted to get a good look. I wanted to get under it so I could see more of this structure. But it, basically what it looked like was an oval shaped light that had these two things coming out left and right. It looked like um, like strings or, or beams, laser beams. But when you followed the beam, it would become more transparent. So it almost looked like it was there and it wasn't there. It was very, it wasn't like a nuts and bolt craft. It was more like, I don't know if this was the medieval times, I would probably think it was an angel. Who knows? Hmm. Right. It all depends on your point of view. But to me, I just thought it was a natural, something natural. It was just hovering there. It was perfectly still. It looked like a reflection bouncing off of a, a car bumper that you would see walking in a Walmart parking lot. You would see like the sun hitting a, a chrome bumper. And then when you walk, walk, it would kind of follow you, but it'd be bright. That's what it mm -hmm. looked like. It was super bright, but it didn't, I was surprised it didn't hurt your eyes to look at it. So I moved forward. And when I did, uh, Dick and his wife, that was his name, uh, said, Hey, it's moving back. And to me, it just felt like I wasn't getting to it. I didn't see <laughs> it move. So I decided to back up and come back to them and they go, okay, it's following you. But while I'm walking and I'm looking at it, it still looked like it was being perfectly still. But these two guys, these two people were standing right there and they could see the movement of it staying with me. So I was like, okay, it's following me. It's not letting me get under it. So I'll walk past you guys. And then when it goes <laughs> over you, you, you tell me what you see. So I walked past them and it followed me and then it stopped before it went over them. So I flanked it, went around the side, and uh, Mrs. Lat, I think Holly Lat, I shouldn't be naming people's names. I don't know if they want, the <laughs> right. yeah. but the neighbor's uh, uh, a daughter and, and mom saw me in their yard, and I was wondering what I'm doing in their yard. So they came outside, and I, I said, "Y'all ain't gonna believe this," and I pointed it to them. And anyway, Mrs. Ladwick walked right out, and when she walked right out, she got under it, and um, it took off. But there's. I forgot. There's one more important thing. Sure. Uh, before all this movement started happening, Dick went to take a picture of it. And when he brought the camera up, the UFO shot up into the sun uh, to where we really couldn't see it. And then I thought it was going to leave. This is the first time I saw it move. I thought it was going to leave. So I said, Dick, put the camera down. As soon as he put the camera down, the object came back to the exact position where it was oh, wow. at. So that's when we knew it was under some kind of intelligent control. And that's when I started doing all these maneuvers walking forward and backing up i was like but um anyway when this thing when miss lavitt got under it the best way to describe the way it took off is if you took a rubber band and you cut it and you you held one end and i held the other and we let go it just looked like it folded upon itself it was so quick it was faster than a second i remember everybody's shadows got dark and it looked like a rattlesnake in the sky with scales and each of the scales were lighting up purple pink and blue colors but it was all like gone I mean, did it go like, up, out? How, how, I don't know. It was, was just going, it was so fast that if wow. it did go up, left or right, I wouldn't have been able to see it. And there was no wind. And there was no, there was no noise. There was no sound. Was I, it? I, I'm I'm fascinated by the way that you described it. Would you consider it almost holographic? Oh uh, well, yeah, but <laughs> well, actually, it it what it looked like was. This is what I think, and, and, and this has been a long time, and I still don't have an answer or anything that looked very similar to it, but I think it was something cloaked up there, and I was okay. seeing a part of the craft. It just wasn't cloaked right. It just it wow. just seemed, when I was following the leading edge, the more it got transparent, because I, I was trying to think, how can this thing hover? It's got to be connected to something, you mm -hmm. know, like a something. And uh, in the middle, oh, yeah, when we put the sunglasses on, I forgot to tell you that part. <laughs> the sun was bothering us. It was in our eyes. I could see in the light four iron bars, and I could see the light oh, pulsating around the bars. Okay? So, to me, there was structure in there, but it did look dimensional, you know? So, so I would say 
it's not like a like the movie Predator where the being would cloak and you could kind of see the forest okay. and see the outline of it. Yeah, that's what I was going to ask. It was better than that. It was way better than that. It was almost like it didn't belong there. It was like a glitch in the Matrix. or It looked like oh. some cheap Star Trek special effects from the early days that someone drew up there. It just... It just didn't, it looked like it didn't belong there. It was just totally odd. And to this day, I, I don't know what it was, but I do know that it was, um, it, it, it only cared about me. And that's not coming from me. That's from what my neighbors and everybody said. No, it was no, somehow no. attracted didn't care to about you. us. It was, it just stayed with me the whole time. Interesting. Wherever I went. Now I've talked to later on, of course, I didn't know anything about UFOs back then, but now I know a lot. And I know that a lot, that it's harmful to get under, these ufos so maybe it was backing up to protect me is my best guess um you mean like a radiation exposure yeah just being that close 100 feet off the ground treetop level and getting under something it's probably 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 it was backing up to protect me because mm -hmm. if it wasn't harmful i don't see why not it wouldn't allow me to go under so i can look up i just wanted the sun behind me so i could get a good look at this right because mm -hmm. it was so hard to like i say i'm moving towards it and to me, it looks like it stands still, but yeah, try to explain that. That's yeah, weird. Yeah. And so this is what set That's you on amazing. the path. Oh yeah. That, it changed my life that one day. It just, yeah. It, um, yeah, I don't know. I can't find a word to describe it, but no, that's, that's amazing. my journey into the UFOs. Yeah. So uh, we did have a comment down in the chat from Robert Hanna. It says, sounds like what the UFO that was sighted over the O'Hara airport in Chicago. Have you seen anything like this since then? Uh, I've looked at so many videos. I've seen some things that look very similar, but nothing has satisfied me to go. That's what I saw. Okay. You know, so mine that, was, that... is, was unique. Um, I mean, I could draw a sketch real quick. I mean, it's just, I mean, basically it's an oval shape, you know, like a, mm -hmm. like a thin, very thin oval shape with two lines coming out of the end. And when you follow the leading edges, it would disappear. Interesting. Um, that that begs the question um, because we've had other people that that are into ufology on the show before, and for each one of them, their experiences, in the fact that because it's a UFO or because they believe it's a UFO, that part is similar. But each individual experience, each individual craft has been completely different. That makes me wonder: Do you think? that they study us enough to know that when they single somebody out like they might have yourself, that they they present to you in such a way as to pique your interest or to, to uh, yeah, I totally bring agree you with to that. their side. I, well, we got to think from a human aspect. And then, of course, there's trickery. You know, I mean, could this be Uncle Sam's new high-tech toy? And they decided, hey, let's right. pick this military cadet guy out and fly over and see how he reacts. I mean, I thought of every type of scenario. You talk about losing sleep at night. I just, just mm -hmm. rationalizing, you, you can just go on and on and on. I've never found an answer that has satisfied me, but um, I do have, I mean, we could speculate on what its main purpose was, but I do, I've had from that time, from March 20th, 1996, I've had multiple sightings throughout my life. Okay. Um, and I do know through these other sightings that they wanted to get my attention. Exactly. Um, and so, and there, and there's a, a psychic or a consciousness connection between what I'm feeling and the, the craft. So I've had my own personal experiences. I know that doesn't sound scientific, but I'm just going off from my, from what I've uh, experienced. Like I, I would, there was times where, um, I don't know how to describe it. I just knew something was going to happen and then voila, you know, mm -hmm. just immediately. So, you know, you get that feeling you're being watched in a grocery store mm -hmm. or something. You turn right. around, someone's staring at you. It's, it's, it was something like that. Um, so I think there is, um, I don't know if that's our sixth sense or that is it makes to do with perfect them. sense. It makes but, perfect uh, sense. Yeah. Yeah. So, we actually uh, have a, uh, a question here from the chat that's pertinent. I'm kind of skipping down. Usually I try to do sure. the questions in order, guys. But uh, Victoria Monday asked, uh, did Jeremy experience any missing time during this encounter? Uh, no, uh, I know the time was around three o'clock and by the time it was 315 in between 320, it was gone. And I did stand out there for about five minutes, just standing there, like trying to figure out what this was. I, it never dawned on me because I was in such a Nile that mm -hmm. UFOs don't exist, you know, right. uh, that that didn't even cross my mind. I just thought this has got to be some kind of natural 
weather phenomenon like a sun dog or something like that. And I needed a grown up to, you know, somebody that's an adult to go, oh, I know what that is. Yeah, somebody to verify been on the planet for 16 years. So somebody's right. got to tell me. But when the way they freaked out, I still thought, OK, y'all are, you know, whatever. But when it moved, when we when Dick went to take the picture and it went up the sun, that's when my jaw dropped. And I was like, oh, my God, it's under control. And yeah. how would it know? to line itself up perfectly with the sun at the angle that we're at to where we can't get a picture of it. Yeah, and that's really wild. And of course, knowing what exactly was in his hand and, and the function of that, that it was... Well, I thought that it might think it was a weapon. You oh, know? And yeah, that was, could be, I guess, yeah. That's what I was thinking as a kid, you know. I'm, but as soon as he brought it down, it was like... I mean, that's a form of communication to me. Oh, dude. sure, that was, yeah. that, that was like, don't do that, you know. What I find is interesting as what happened was the fact that something in your subconscious told you to tell him, put it down. Immediately. Almost as if you knew that if he put it down, it would come back down. How I, would you know that? I, you know what? I never thought that, but maybe it's from um, maybe a movie or something I saw. I don't know. Something <laughs> that I could relate to, to go, you know, you're, you're, I don't know. You know what? You do have a good point there. I did question, immediately yeah. react when I saw it do that. Instead mm -hmm. of me going, wow, I went, put the camera down, Dick, immediately. You know. Well, I'm going to give you a reason, and then I'm going to hush up for another question. But I'm going to give you a reason to stay up at night more, okay? <laughs> you, did not, you did not believe in these entities. You did not believe in UFOs at the time. You thought they were Easter Bunny, Santa Claus, blah, blah, blah. Mm -hmm. However, you knew that. You knew. Put that down. If you didn't believe in them, even if you would have watched movies that had them in them, you would have thought it was ridiculous. So you wouldn't have pulled from that knowledge. Somehow you knew. Yeah, so immediately. begs the question, how did you know? I don't what know. What experiences did you have that are locked in your memory that you haven't even recalled yet? Yeah, yeah, it sounds like you have a connection of... with them. Yes. I do have a couple. Actually, when I start to, when I, I say that's my first UFO sighting, but there's other things that happened through my life that I was too young to understand. My mom told mm -hmm. me about and mm -hmm. things like that. So, and then what's even more interesting for me was I thought I won the lotto. Okay. That's a one in a million chance, one in a billion. Um, no, you're, it's never going to happen again, you know? So to me, it was a positive experience, but later on down the road, and especially in 2007, I started having more experiences. Um, I'm not just going to call them that more UFO sightings that were up close, more close mm -hmm. encounters of the first kind, less than 500 feet, you know, and then yeah. having uh, eyewitnesses with me so to verify that I'm not going crazy. I've gone through the whole, the whole, I'm going crazy to know there's something to this. People don't know about it. And we need to talk about this openly. The subject back in the day was so taboo. That mm -hmm. if you talked right. about it, you're automatically people would ridicule you. And to me, I I didn't care about my reputation. It was way more important. We need to some we need to brainstorm and try to figure out what this is because it is real. I saw one, you know. But I've actually I seen agree. more than one to be honest with you. But um, yeah, that was the beginning that changed my life. That was the aha moment, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And awesome. It seems like it's has stuck with you throughout your life, multiple experiences now. So, um, is that what brought you to MUFON? Was this desire oh. to learn more actually just me telling people about it in my small hometown the bible belt um uh a mufon person by the name of she's not alive now but her name was doris upchurch i almost forgot her name came to town to talk to everybody and someone goes hey ray you gotta you gotta go talk to this lady and tell her about your experience and so when i went and talked to her what blew me away was i didn't have the look on the face of like you know mm -hmm. uh she, it was like most of the time when you bring this stuff up back, like I say, back in the day, people, people just, it's just like, Oh God, you're telling a tall tale. But she was, right. she was really listening to me. And that just, it, for me, the first time I knew that she believed me and I was telling the truth. It's just most of the time it was always a battle to try to tell this, this story. Mm -hmm. um, and she took it very seriously. She did a report and I was like, you know, I want to be you when I grow up one of these days. That's awesome <laughs> that you go out and do all this. And, yeah. um, you know, I mean, you know, I that didn't mean it really. That's like, that's really a cool job. But then when I was in college, I was studying IT. I was like, 
I don't want to do this. I, I want to be a UFO investigator. And then I, I was like, how much should they get paid? And I looked it up and I ain't going to get paid. And I was like, hey, you know what? I don't care. I'm going to get involved in it. You have to have a passion to do this. Um, Cause if you don't have the passion, then it's just going to be a job. Right. Um, just right. filling out reports. And most of the time from, I'm not going to say call it trauma, but the, the problems I had going through my life with this stuff, I can help others, you know, that it's their first time experience. Am I going crazy? Uh, blah, 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 blah. I can just help people a little bit while I'm doing my cases. So most, so most of the time it's filling out a case and, and most, and people want, to, they want answers that I don't have for them, but you're sometimes they're like, well, at least I can talk to you. I can't talk to my family about this. I can't talk to my boss about this. Right. Um, exactly. You know? Yeah. Sometimes they just want a sounding board, somebody that is actually open and willing to hear it mm-hmm. or relate to. Yeah. Somebody to relate to advice it. Yep. Or, and uh, yeah, to, to know that they're not alone, that other people are having right. these experiences. Yeah. Right. I wish somebody could go, Jeremy, you did not win the lotto. This happens worldwide, all around the world. It took me a while. I had to read books. Uh, I remember I read a book called uh, uh, UFOs Above Top Secret. It was written by Timothy Good. And like I say, I'm like 16. And I'm going through it. And I couldn't believe there's a chapter called Russia. And then there was a chapter called China. And each chapter was about UFOs. So I was like, oh, my God, it's a worldwide phenomenon. So that's how ignorant I was to the subject matter. Uh, now, as a kid, but I started right. digging into the books and then I had another sighting when I was in the military and I was like, okay, I'm going to get involved in this when I get out of the army and I'm, I'm going to get heavily involved in this. And I did. And I Let me spot. ask you, do the experiences, when you said you read the book and it had Russia and China and other mm-hmm. areas in it, do you find that the experiences the personal experiences that people have or or the sightings that people have do they vary based on geography or do they all have a common thread oh i i I, whatever these things are it doesn't matter what country uh different countries don't report certain types of ufos it's if you see a black triangle in america you're going to see a black triangle over there there's so many different shapes and sizes there's diamond shape there's circles i've seen a diamond one diamonds um the what's the other ones that uh triangle you know i think some of these black triangle the tr3b i think it's part of space force that they haven't acknowledged yet but we'll probably get to see that in our lifetime um wow if we just stay healthy just a little bit longer uh but i i think (laughs) some of these uh these ufos that are reported are um our lockheed martin's new high-tech toys and uh you know but then a lot of these uh, stuff is you can't jump to that conclusion. You just don't know what it is. Um, and any, any, anyway, chances are, I know it sounds kind of weird, but if you see a UFO, this is just coming from me. This is not move on. This is just my opinion. But if you see one, um, chances are it's allowing you to see it. Okay. And uh, I, I don't, I just, just from experience, from my experience, uh, it, it did seem like it knew what I wanted to do and it would anticipate my command or it knew I wanted to get a picture or I need, I wanted it to move. I'm like, that's not real. If it was, you know, if you are who you, who I think you are, move to the left to verify and then zip, you know? So it's like right. reading my mind. I'm thinking mm-hmm. these thoughts. So um, it, it basically kind of singled you out. And I know I've heard other reports from other people about these UFOs kind of singling them out. Why do you think that happens? Why do you, why do you think they single some people out? I have no idea. I wish I did have the answer to that. One of the big mysteries, right? (laughs) It's one of those mysteries that I don't think I'm going to solve in my lifetime. But, you know, uh, I think the only I think the real secret keepers um, with this phenomenon is them. It's not Big Brother or Uncle Sam. It's them. If they 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 want to show show up and stay, they, they, they can do it. You know, so I I've heard many different theories. I've talked to a good guy named Dr. Joseph Burks, who deals with um um, uh, people that have ongoing, he calls them contactees. I don't, I don't know if that's a, but anyway, not abductions, but people that have ongoing experiences with UFOs and uh, I lost my train of thought. Uh, but what he said was that these things, this is any, I kind of, kind of jive with it a little bit, but I don't have no proof is that they're slowly getting us used to seeing them, mm-hmm. you know, getting used to hearing about it. Cause we're, we're starting to go out in space we're probably going to meet our neighbors out there one of these days. So this is a slow, you know, I don't know. Right. And people speculate that like even 
Hollywood is like trying to inoculate us a little bit to the ideas of extraterrestrials and and UFOs and all that, so that when it does happen, we'll be like, oh yeah, of course. Yeah, it's kind of like a big propaganda campaign to get yeah. everybody used to hearing about it. So when Uncle Sam has to let the cat out of the bag, we don't freak out and still go back to work or something. Do you really think that but, would happen? <laughs> well, back in back in or uh, you know Orrin Wells days, yeah, everybody freaked out. But now, well, yeah, fifty or uh, sixty years ago, are, sure. Yeah, but the kids these days, they already believe it, you know, growing up. I mean, it's in video games. It's in everything. Right. I mean, there's not one day you can't go by by flipping through the, the television station and find something that's related to paranormal um, and uh, or aliens or even a sci-fi Independence Day or whatever. There's always something related to it. So Or in the video um, games, of course. You think it's all money? Uh, <laughs> you know, I don't know. Do they really I think- make- I think what would be the most shocking is that when we discover that they're not a lot different than us. I think when you hear the term UFO, people have a preconceived notion of what it should look like Mm -hmm. based on what we've known our entire lives as what we've been told they look like. I think what is going to be the biggest shocker is when people finally realize they've been walking amongst us this entire time. Yeah, that that will probably scare the heck out of everybody. So you, if you if you were in charge, how would you acclimate the public? I mean, you would. I I think you would slowly do the drip, yeah. or, drip, drip, drip to 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 the point to where people are like, we when you tell them, they go, yeah, we've already known, and it's not that big of a deal. Yeah, so exactly. Or are some of them actually us, maybe from another point in time, or if this world had been seeded from another civilization out in the cosmos somewhere, is this maybe just them coming back? Do those sorts of things get uh, you know brought up in, in your studies? I think they're from from uh, from people that have been on board to craft, or people that have been abducted, or people that have said they've communicated with ETs, whatever. There's a whole range that supposedly that they're that there is other humanoids out there just like us um, on different planets. Um, there's also other, uh, other stories of insectoids and reptilians mm-hmm. and um, uh, kind of like a robot type drone drone thing. And then others are dimensional. Uh, so I, I would look, I mean, I don't know. You guys scuba divers. It's kind of, it's kind of, I'm not, no. <laughs> okay. Well, the first time I took my scuba license, I was at the red sea. And okay, I, cool. all I see on top is just water, you know, and I know there's fish down there, yeah. but as soon as I jumped in and went down there, I couldn't believe it. It was like New York city life all over the place. You, my wow. mind just yeah. couldn't. Yeah, I've done some snorkeling and seen that. Yeah. Right. But in my mind, but you know, it's kind of like, have you ever been to the great pyramids? Uh, you know how they show it on TV. It just looks, mm-hmm. but when you're physically there, it just looks, it's just so massive. And right. I think you can walk outside, you can find insects and bugs right there at your feet i'm pretty sure the universe is an ocean of life uh just so many stars um and so i don't even know if we'd be able to keep up but i think if once we start doing the star trek thing and getting out there (laughs) i'm pretty sure it's going to be very competitive oh i i definitely believe that so let's kind of change up gears here we're uh, nearly halfway through the show you were on the same show i was alaska triangle so how did you get involved with that obviously from the ufo angle but um so what is it about Alaska and that show? Bless you, Vanessa. Thank you. I don't have the Rona. <laughs> <laughs> that <laughs> so I guess just talk a little bit about how uh, you know you got involved with Alaska Triangle and, and what you did on the uh, show there. This guy, uh, Mike Parks, mm-hmm. hit me up on Facebook and did a message and said that he enjoyed Hangar 1, the UFO files, and was wondering if I was interested in doing a a show and then he sent me the information on uh the production company and uh, i looked at it and i was like wow they do some great stuff and i hit him back i said sure and what he wanted to do uh, was fly me to alaska kind of the part that you played where you were on top of flat top okay and you were doing your thing i think that's i don't know where they were going to put me but the weather got really bad so they said they were going to fly me to canada and we'll pretend like we're in alaska <laughs> and then that changed to you're coming to London. And so I was excited because I've okay. never been to the, to the, uh, to the UK. Uh, but um, anyway, uh, so landed in London and we went to Wales and um, I went, we basically filmed, I, I don't know how to pronounce it right. It's called Carwent or it's spelled C-A-E-R-C-A-E-R-W-E-N-T. So I don't know if that's Carwent or Carwent. Carwent. 
thank you. Okay. That's an MOD training base. So it's the real active military base. So when we pulled up, they had the guys in the berets come up and check us in and escort us to where, to the place where they filmed. And I know that they filmed uh, a lot of uh, Doctor Who and uh, American, what is that? Uh, Marvel. Um, Marvel movie. I can't think of the guy's name. American. It's got the shield with the star. Oh, uh, um, Captain America. Captain America. Captain America. Yeah. They filmed Captain America there. Um, and so that's what he told me. And then what ended, it was cold for me because I, I live in Denver, but it's really dry here. Uh, hmm. So we don't have that humidity. And there it was, it was just too cold for me to bear that, that, and I know you had a hard time. So most of the time I'm on the set. I'm <laughs> a good thing you didn't like, end up in Alaska uh, then. <laughs> <laughs> right. But it was probably colder on the mountain for you. But uh, to me, I just I had to go to the director's car and sit in his car and put my hands on the heaters and just warm up and then get back and sit down because it's it's kind of hard to focus and concentrate when you're freezing or you're right. uncomfortable. Oh, it was. And I was I was sitting on one of their uh, equipment cases <laughs> like the whole time. And so, yeah, it wasn't very comfortable. But we were talking before the show and you said that you were actually up there uh, on Flat Top Mountain when you were in the fifth grade. Yeah, I my uh, my father passed away, and um, one of my dad's best friends lived in Alaska, and uh, my mother flew took us on a trip. You know, so that's basically uh, we stayed there for like two weeks, and I got to you know explore Alaska, and, and he took me up the mountain, and I climbed that mountain that where you filmed. Nice, and that was the first mountain I ever climbed. But uh, but yeah, and that's the last time I've been to Alaska. But it's a beautiful country. I went on a train and I saw, you know, the wildlife. I saw whales and puffins. And, mm-hmm. you know, we I got the whole tour of Alaska. It's beautiful. But uh, I cannot totally understand. When, when I was there, it was sunshine the whole time. So going to bed at noon was weird to me. It just felt like I'm going to bed during lunchtime. Right. The sun never went down. You're uh, there in the middle of the summer. In the summer. Yeah. yeah. But they, they tell me it's dark all the time. It's dark. Yeah, during the winter, it's the exact opposite. It's crazy. Well, isn't it longer? It is. Um, Depending on where you're at, if you're all the way up north in Barrow, you go like a month without any sunlight. Um, In Anchorage there, it's basically you'll get to like a a dusk and then it'll start to darken back up. If you don't go out for lunch during the day, like I was in a secure facility there, and if I didn't go out for lunch that day, I didn't see the sun. So it's, yeah, kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah. And how long were you stationed there? Like three years. Three years. Yeah. So it and was, yet here you still are. I survived. I lived to tell the tale. So. You did. <laughs> you did. It's not bad. It's not horrible. I still want to go. Yeah, but what did you think about <laughs> doing doing some of the research here in the uh, the UFO reports, Mount Hayes, things like that uh, up there in the Alaska Triangle. So do you think that there is a real correlation between these triangle areas, not just Alaska, but like Bermuda Triangle, there's um, the, the Michigan Lake Triangle, all these different locations. Uh, do you think there is a real correlation between these triangle areas and UFO sightings? Well, I don't, I could be wrong, but I think the triangle thing is just a, it's just a nice way for you know, this is a section area where strange things happen. But strange things happen all around the world. Sure. Um, so I, I know a lot of people in Alaska don't even know that there is an Alaska Triangle. You know. Um, so I know how TV. You know, like I don't know. I'm getting off the subject here, but like in our show Hangar One, they would talk about landlines and they talk about all this stuff and how it all connects together. And to me, it, I was like, well, I don't feel that way. That's what the show kind of wants to go that angle i'm just here to report the ufo sightings that you know that happened there but i don't know if there is a connection i think alaska is vast and i think with all these missing people that are going missing i think there's a down-to-earth explanation for it that somebody just says i'm going to go camping and they're not well prepared i mean mother nature is unforgiving out there sure you could slip and fall through a crack in a great glacier and they will never find you ever again uh but as for the the uh douglas that's a that's a mystery that's a big one really and then is. of course uh the japanese airline well that's very famous i actually i never knew that was over alaska uh, alaska triangle i mean we always hear about the bermuda triangle and the devil's mm-hmm. triangle um and alaska pretty you know they've got 
their own ghost stories, their own Bigfoot um, and UFO sightings. But that's anywhere in any state, every state mm-hmm. in the United States, you can find something that has uh, constant um, UFO activity or hot spots or flaps um, or, or paranormal activity. And I actually think it's just me, but the paranormal stuff goes hand in hand with this UFO stuff. Agreed. I mean, I, okay. We, yeah. we like to compartmentalize and or, or put in categories, but I think that might be a problem with setting up these barriers it's because a lot of these UFO sightings some, or these UFO cases I do, the person is talking about what's going on in their house sounds like a ghost adventure or sounds like very paranormal. But from their point of view, it has nothing to do with ghosts. It has something to do with ETs or you know, like, a, let's say like yeah. a reptilian lizard. Like let's say you ever seen the movie Predator, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you know that in the movie, if you didn't have a gun, that thing wasn't gonna kill you. So it had some kind of honor thing going on. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But if you were cool with it and you introduced this to someone who's super religious, uh, the, uh, the vowed Catholic, and go, "Here's my friend," they're gonna think it's a devil, Bobby Boucher. You know what I mean? So everybody's got their own point of view. So somebody that might think they're having an abduction experience might be a poltergeist experience. So yeah, sometimes I, I'm sitting here. Yeah. I, I totally get it. I've done a lot of research on shadow people. I actually have a book out on it. And there's a lot of correlation between the uh, old hag syndrome, sleep paralysis type of shadow experiences and alien abductions. So um, how do you how do you actually think these may be connected? Is it just the same type of phenomena explained differently? Well, I've actually ha- I, I don't think I'm an abductee at all, but I've okay. had sleep paralysis. I've had it one time or maybe twice, but one time really bad. And I thought there was something in the room. OK, mm-hmm. and I wanted to jump up and I couldn't move. I, I, I was awake. My brain was awake, but my arms felt like they were super heavy. I, I, I tried to use all my strength to move my legs and my arms. And I was just it's like your brain's woken on, but your body hasn't turned on yet. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't know if that psychosis of somebody's in the room. Um, Cause I really felt like something was in the room. I felt like something was on top of my chest, you know? Okay. Yeah. That's, that's classic me. old hag syndrome. Yep. And then I felt like something around my neck and I jumped up. I finally was able to jump up. I think I pointed the middle finger at whatever was there to make myself <laughs> feel better. Uh, but I, after I came to, you know, like fully awakened, I was wondering if that was more biological. I really have 50, 50 on it. I didn't see anything, mm-hmm. But I definitely, in my mind, it made it very, very real. Now, in abductions, these ETs or whatever, they they come through the walls. They don't just open a door or come through. The, they, right. they walk right mm-hmm. through the walls, okay? Now, ghosts do the same thing, too. So how would you know if you had some kind of a phase shift technology or something that could make the atoms vibrate just enough to where your hand could go through this table or you could walk through that wall and you're using technology to use it? from something that's dimensional as a ghost that's able to walk through this wall too. How would you know the difference? That's you know? a great question. You wouldn't. Yeah. You wouldn't. So, I have so a wouldn't. question for you based on something that you and I talked about before the show started because of what you just said. I'm so excited. You remember the episode that I talked to you about uh, with the, the melted car, mm-hmm. the, mel- the melted car. Um, the way you just explained that you didn't know where my brain was already going with that. And what I wondered when I was watching that episode was not that if that was a craft that was hitting this car, but if that was the energy off of an interdimensional shift that was hitting the car, not something that was intending to cause damage, but that that reverb, that vibration from that interdimensional shift not a craft itself right she didn't see no craft so exactly I, the only reason why we got it is because she thought it was something like a because she thought it was something solid by she she's driving straight and something slamming into her and slamming into her and things are uh, her window mm-hmm. broke off so to her she thought it might have been an invisible craft so she contacts move on and then we start our, our case and get the paint chips and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff but but the thing is, is that you do have a good point. I mean, it might not even be UFO related at all. And that's what I'm trying to say is that mm-hmm. people contact MUFON, think it has something to do with ETs or, or something to do with UFOs. And it, it's like kind of be like, you need to get like an exorcist or something at your house. <laughs> you know, I, but I don't, you know, I don't say that, but I'm just right. thinking this doesn't sound like a, so the, 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 the barriers that we put on these things, UFOs, ghosts and stuff like that, I think personally, 
it's it's all connected one way or another. I mean, if you look at it this way, if we're living in the matrix, right? Then who cares about <laughs> UFOs and ghosts? It's That's a topic of my next show. That's right? funny. That is a topic of my next show. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> but uh, I mean, so we're wasting our time, but I, I, I'm so interested in this subject and I have a passion for it and I've had my own personal experiences. And if I can help others get through this, then I feel like I'm doing an honorable good service to somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Definitely. So I do want to get some of these questions in the chat since we were just talking about Alaska. Uh, Robert Hanna asks if you believe that there is an underground base in the mountains in Alaska. I know that there's underground bases everywhere. Uh, And I don't know if they're ET, but I do, I do know that the powers of B or the cabal have their own stuff, you know, just mm-hmm. like good Austin Powers, where they got the underground bases. They have them everywhere. And people would be surprised at how many there are. Um, and if you you can do the research now and dig in and dig into that. So as for Mount Shasta, I think pot price um, is highly credible. And I so for me, him saying what he saw down there, I, I would be like, wow. OK, maybe we are. We have a U.S. government program working with ETs. You know, maybe we do. Uh, like down at Area 51 or some underground base. But I think if ETs wanted to hide from us, they could easily hide in a mountain or underwater um, and and never and not get messed with. So, um, yeah, there's plenty of room underwater for sure. I, I mean, so, I, yeah. I, without a shadow of a doubt, underground bases exist. I don't know if there's ET bases. Um, and I was very careful when I said that on the show you know, yeah. about underground bases or underwater bases. I know for a fact they are. I know yeah. that there's some submarine bases that are in the middle of the United States that they go under the United States to get their stuff that they need to do. We don't hear about this, but it's pretty fascinating. I know we can't map the floors of our ocean, all right, but we can yeah. get all the stars in our galaxy and write them all down. So there is a big mystery down there. Um, kind of reminds me of the movie Abyss. I wouldn't be surprised. I love that you. movie. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And even if you want to get even, you know, they find microorganisms. Um, feeding off the sulfur coming out of the volcano stuff down there deep yeah. in the ocean, right? And so Yeah, those thermal the day, vents, there's all kinds of crazy stuff down there. To me, that means there's life out there in the universe because those extreme temperatures, you and I could not survive, and they're thriving in it. So the Goldilocks thing for me is out the window. There is no such <laughs> thing. It's just whatever the life form is adapted to its environment, we might not be adapted to it. Uh, so, um, and, and as for Paul Hellyer, Secretary of Defense of Canada, um, coming out and saying yeah, that that's- they walk amongst us. Uh, I, I don't know where he got his information from. I think he might have got it from a book he read. But if somebody intelligence community told him that, that that's great. But I, I think they do walk beyond us, uh, walk with uh, amongst us because I, I've shaken some somebody's hand one time and and was thought, oh God, you're not from around here. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I could be totally yeah. wrong. But I no. think if there's aliens here, <laughs> if there's aliens walking amongst us, they look normal just like you and me, and you wouldn't even know. So the weird one that's acting crazy on the subway is you can go, that guy's human. Okay. But as for the ones that blend in that you wouldn't even know as you walk by, I would I would put my stamp on that. That that would be the one. But we uh that would freak people out. I mean, even that movie late they live. Remember that? Oh movie? yeah. Okay. Remember at oh, the yeah. end where they flip the switch and everybody's kind of looking like, who are you? Yeah, you would mass panic immediately, dude. So I don't know how you would slowly. Um, so well, get... we all talk about doppelgangers, right? Yeah. Come on. Oh, okay. I've, hold the. I've seen mine. My now ex-husband and I were in San Antonio, Texas, with a friend at a restaurant. He was going through a uh, uh, training for the Air Force. He went. Oops, sorry. He went to the restroom, came back. And sat at my doppelganger's table, and I watched that's this intense. happen from across the that's room. Wild. You, you didn't throw it. That's that's uh, that's pretty. Um, that is wild. Uh, it, it, I don't know. I just this thing popped in. You ever seen that movie Arrival with Charlie Sheen? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Now there's a scene where the bad guy that works at NASA, he bumps into him again in in, in South America in the elevator, but it's a Mexican version of him because they were cloning, and it's right. just mm-hmm. they were using the same face but different ethnics you know and so he was looking at him like i i know you but the dude was like i don't know you so anyway i've always wondered that too uh i've seen 
somebody I bumped into and started talking and that dude didn't know who I was and I'm almost identical. So there are doppelgangers. Someone said they, they saw somebody riding a bicycle in some town and said, was that you? And had a picture. And I was like, Oh my God, that guy looks just like me. But I don't uh-huh. know who that is. So yeah, I mean, we do. I think everybody in the world has a double somewhere out there. Oh yeah. Somewhere. Even you, Mike. Not just somewhere, out there. <laughs> somewhere out there. Yeah. Not just one. You can go through pictures, historically speaking, and mm-hmm. find people that look just like people that are living today. Oh, yeah, the vampires, Pictures right? from 200 years ago. Yeah. Uh, I'm just saying. Yeah, you're right. There's Eddie Murphy. There's uh, I got, I, I saw all those pictures, and I'm like, yeah, wow, that would be crazy if they were vampires. Yeah. Yikes. No, but uh-huh. uh, <laughs> it is interesting because anyway. back in the day, mm-hmm. they did, taking a photograph was rare. Okay, it oh, just right. wasn't yeah. like technology that we have. So it's the fact that these pic- people did get their pictures taken, and then the people that look just like them or famous these days says to me just makes me just kind of go, "That's interesting," you know. It's, well, it's what if, a coincidence? I I don't think so. There's what be- if the alien life form that is integrated in our society has been using the same templates of of these people? throughout history to get them better more intelligent more diverse and just churning them out and and, and, yes and weeding out the humane factor and putting in that alien factor well you know that's scary isn't it i'm sorry we probably probably (laughs) really have had a lot of help a lot of help from somebody or something Mm -hmm. from out here from out there, just listening to Colonel Corso and, and a couple of these military guys talking about our technology and how and where we're going. Um, but for me, my opinion, I think ETs or I mean, like real extraterrestrial beings don't give a crap about us. They're just going, coming and going. We're like the forest animals. And they're just that's what I think, because yeah, mm-hmm. that's what we do to animals. I'm just relating on this reality, this planet that we live on. I know that's not, probably not the smartest thing to do because we haven't been out there. We have no idea what we don't know. But just how we relate to the animals, you know, it's probably true. So if they're going to hang out with us or interact with us or help us or not help us, they would have to be somewhere on our level on intellect. If they're so freaking smart, what do they call it? Uh, type one, type two, type three civilizations, you know, those types are not going to mingle with us. That's like us trying to talk to a bacteria through a microscope. We're not going to do that. Right. You know what I mean? True. These, these, true. these beings harness the power of the galaxy you know and then you have beings that harness the power of uh our sun and then uh, we almost i think we are almost a type one civilization we have a worldwide telephone that's the internet uh we can what was the other one we have to master or control our weather we're almost there and uh so we're at the beginning stages i think humanity is great i i know the news says bad things about us constantly but i think 99 percent of hum- humans are are great awesome and I know that when we grow up, I know we're like in our children's <laughs> stage now. <laughs> pretty much, we're gonna be we're gonna be some something pretty amazing, special when we, if we ever get a chance to go out there and explore our backyard. I don't think I've ever heard that put better. I've I've always felt it's actually not really for me. That's Gene Roddenberry, and I totally agree with him. I just wow. worded it. Yep. You know, wow. So, and, and it makes sense. I mean, you when you think about how old the universe is 14 billion years old and we've only been around for about four and a half if there are other civilizations out there that have been around a a couple billion years longer than we have they're going to be far more advanced it would certainly be like the parents to us you know we're just kind of getting getting going here yeah maybe there is some kind of prime directive where you don't really interfere with a developing planet you don't want to influence it until it's able to leave and then um there's probably some rules we'll have to abide by out there if we get out there. I'm pretty sure there's other territories that if you cross in, you'll have to abide by their rules. Uh, I mean, if, if it's just totally nothing out there, well, then that's that's pretty lonely. It's really disappointing. So. Very disappointing. <laughs> so uh, a Different. couple more questions here from sure. the chat. Uh, Joe Chandler asks, what do you think about the story going around the internet that the space station is seeing what they call hundreds of lights headed toward Earth? So this is kind of adhering to the idea. Yeah, that's of, brand new. I've been yeah. monitoring it closely. Uh, I'm waiting on my MUFON channels to say hoax or whatever. I've got a good guy named Mark D'Antonio, and he's pretty good at uh, finding Photoshop or something, you know, something that'll be wrong with it and 
if he doesn't find anything that's wrong with it, then that, that that's a start. But as for me, I'm very interested. I kind of think right now with the coronavirus going on, you know that Mother Nature, animals are coming into the city going, where's all the cars at? You right. know what I mean? You know the, the wildlife around here is noticing. Oh, and there I'm was a, sure there was a mono- town in Thailand where the monkeys invaded the town. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. There's no tourism. There's nobody. So they're, yeah. So you got that going on. And I'm pretty sure that if we're being monitored or watched by others, that they would be getting a little closer right now right. And, uh, and observing what's going on. I actually heard the planet uh, from all the cars and all the movement kind of shifted just a little kind of, I don't know. Did you hear about that? That all the mm-hmm. movement. It, it altered the wobble kinda, a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. then it's also healing the planet. Uh, dolphins have shown up. In, mm-hmm. Right. Uh, and yeah. Venice, the dolphins for the first time in, I don't know, what, a hundred years or something are swimming through the channels Yeah, because there's no boats. Mm-hmm. And, so I'm pretty, you know, the wildlife notices it and I'm pretty sure I wouldn't be surprised that if there are others out there watching us, they're, they're watching us real closely right now. Uh, I just hear, I have some friends in, in high places that tell me that they're parked up there right now. It's like a Walmart parking lot. And they, but, uh, I, I, they're going to be looking at, oh, like, man, what these guys do to screw everything up. <laughs> right. I don't see. But, to me, it's more like a drive in theater. Or drive in theater. <laughs> yeah. Yep. You know, coming to watch the show. Coming to watch the show. <laughs> uh, but, um, you know, every astronaut has seen something up there. Every one of them. Yeah. Some of them don't talk about it. Um, I get a chance to talk to these astronauts at MUFON symposiums. We always have one come every year. Yeah. And that's really interesting, the ones that do come forward. I, I, I pull them aside when no one's around and try to get the goods, you know. Do you ever and, get any uh, goods? Well, I'll get acknowledgement. Oh, yeah, there's something up there. Okay. You know. Yeah. Definitely. I mean, we're the we're, we're best place to see it. Um, so, um, yeah. So, I think in uh, due time, in our lifetime, we'll have an answer one way or the other. I strongly believe that. I just think that we just need to stay healthy. And um, I don't need Uncle Sam to come forward and say, here it is. Now, now you now you can believe it. I already know it's real. Right. I just mm-hmm. would like to see a lot more proof. I'd like to see a lot more evidence. I'd like to touch the material or see the real photographs that the astronauts took on the moon and things like that. That would be interesting. Yeah, they all disappeared. Yeah, sure. Right. Of course. Right. So and on that, Much that's like kind of evidence there. <laughs> right. Well, actually, that's not the first time that's ever happened. In yeah. the, I'm gonna for the audience. She she's interested in this. Uh, Vanessa's interested in this episode where a woman's driving down down the road and she hits something that's invisible, and Mufon. We get this is evidence. So we gather the paint chips and then we send it to a lab. And then when we go to pick up the lab, somebody who said they were MUFON took the paint chips. And then when we tried to get the lab results off the computers there, it was all wiped and clean. You're like, wow. Well, there's other better stories than that that has happened really? to us. Oh, yeah. that I To me, I'm like, why did they put that on the show? We got better stuff. I'll tell you about <laughs> one case real quick. Uh, we got time. Yeah, we got time. Okay. About eight minutes. So, uh, so basically, this UFO lands in this guy's backyard. He, he, he sees it. He tells his kids to come inside and then the thing lifts up and takes off. So you have a landing, landing UFO in this guy's backyard. So he contacts MUFON. We show up. It wasn't me, but us, us MUFON people showed up and he goes, I just talked to you guys. I just got done with the interview and they were like, no, it wasn't us. And he was like, well, we asked him, you know, did, did the show MUFON ID? No. I let him in the house. I told him everything. I don't mind telling y'all again. So the people left, <laughs> the MUFON people left, went out to dinner real quick and had a little discussion. And while that happened, the neighbors also knew about what was going on. They saw all these vehicles pull up and the, the, the tags on the back were FEMA tags. And these men got mm, out and okay. went into the backyard. Right. So when MUFON came back to go back to look at the evidence, which should have been the first thing they should have checked out. The whole backyard was scorched with the chemical burn. Oh, so wow. They burnt. They burnt all the grass. And then when we tried to run the tags, there's such a thing as FEMA tags that deals with those vehicles. It doesn't exist. Right. But the, the neighbor did write wow. down the numbers. So you get, so we have, we, what we do is if they don't have a move on ID, when we come to the door, we need to, we have to show it, you know, mm-hmm. it's not yeah. like you need to verify who we are before we like, before you let us in the house. And so it, most of the time I, when I do investigations, I, I don't go to people's house. I talk to them on the phone unless there's something like that landing mm-hmm. trace evidence or mm-hmm. something then i'll come and uh but by that time i've, I've already they have, i've already talked to them enough that they know my voice and they know that i'm going to be coming to the door but that that's a strange one that was in the mufon journal um very interesting and sometimes there's these teams of people i don't know who they are but they beat us to the punch 
you know? It sounds very, wow. very much like almost like the men in black, like maybe FEMA is mm-hmm. the new men in black or something like that. And Candy Orton down in the chat is asking about the Illuminati. So, I mean, you think it's all kind of related, like some shadow government organization or something like that going on here? Uh, yes, I, I think, well, I'm not saying MUFON says, but this is just my opinion. Sure. I think there is um, many elements out there. Uh, when you talk about the men in black, that could be many aspects that could be the air force impersonating Mm -hmm. men in black and the men in black could be something supernatural. They all wear the suit and tie. So it's very confusing. Right. But when you talk about the cabal and uh, I don't know which, which part of the cabal you're talking about, the Luciferian satanic cabal or the, the other, there's so many different groups. Um, So there are different mafias. If, if that's what you want to call it. And some Mm -hmm. of these mafias um, are in charge of uh a lot of these secrets um and i don't know but i kind of feel like if they would just go away or whoever's in charge of keeping all this secret if you just get them out of the way and then let us let us let us check take a look at this technology i think it would be a great benefit for humanity if we could get this out oh absolutely uh, say goodbye to gas say goodbye to electricity yeah stop holding us back stop holding but us back the bigger question though is not who it is but it's how they know so quickly and can beat you to the punch. Well, That's I, actually what I find terrifying. Well, I know that there that satellites. Um, this is not a good example, but if you wanted to know if OJ Simpson killed his wife, okay, he did. You, okay, but let's say you want the proof. <laughs> you can take a satellite. Satellites are recording everything, and you can rewind it like a CCTV camera and go mm-hmm. see what he was doing that day. Oh, there he is leaving the house. Oh, there he is getting in the car. They can do that, but he's such a low profile that. They're not going to solve a murder case by using these satellites, you know, yeah, but if they want pricey. to track UFOs, uh, let's say that you saw one and you contacted MUFON or, or whatever. And Uncle Sam might, you know, they, they can get into everything. They can pull up satellites, and go, oh, my gosh, she is telling the truth. This is something over her house before okay. we even get, you know, signed a case, you know. Just saying, I'm not saying they, they monitor everybody. And I know that uh, Bigelow Aerospace Advanced Space Studies, uh, his sponsors was the intelligence community that was funding UFO research. Well, but, wow. you know, so there's many tiers of where it goes. Um, and uh, I personally am really sick and tired of all this secret, top secret crap. Just get the, just open the door. I, I can understand like zero point energy or something that that can be available and free to everybody, but a crazy person can make a bomb out of it and destroy the whole planet. So maybe you want to keep it top secret, and maybe that's why you can't can't trust people with it, you know. But if we all were very loving and kind, and we didn't hurt anybody, this could really help us. You could you you not have to pay the electric bill anymore. You know, it's free energy available to everyone, and it's enough to take you across the cosmos. You yeah. Know? But well, I mean, Tesla had the idea for- of free energy a hundred years ago, and of course, it came down to money. So, mm-hmm. yeah, money. They nip that and, in the uh, bud. That, yeah. Anyway, so mm-hmm. hopefully, in the future, we'll we'll wake up, and instead of about profit, it'll be about helping each other and making each other better. Yeah, I really Maybe hope someday. so, for sure. I'd like to see a Star Trek uh, or reality. I don't want to see a doom and gloom nuclear apocalypse and quarantines and all this 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 stuff's getting old real quick Uh, i'd like to get back to get back to normal and um i'd like to i'd like uncle sam which i don't think i I know there is a group inside i don't know if you want to call majestic that wants to release this to the public um and uh but they can't just dump it on everybody all at once Uh, they have to slowly do it over time yeah so Y'all all know this. I'm, I'm preaching to the choir here, but, <laughs> you know. Well, uh, to us, I mean, we have some new viewers down there, so uh, yeah. you, you never know. You never know. Mm-hmm. By the way, every one of these viewers wants you back on again. Okay, well, I'd be happy yeah. to. This yeah, we'll definitely awesome. have to set it up again. This was absolutely awesome. I have enjoyed this immensely. Yeah, just kind Me of too. scratching the surface here. So Yeah, yes. barely scratching the surface. Yeah. If we had a little bit more time, I could talk about some really awesome cases, but well, we'll just have to bring we'll, you we'll back and talk about those. Yeah, sounds great. I'd yeah. be happy to do that. Awesome, awesome. So, Jeremy, where can our viewers find you? Find Mufon. I I would like to say what do you have coming up, but I know everything's kind of on hiatus right now. But yeah, everything. Well, I'll tell you what. We do have a Mufon symposium. Um, it's, it's the international one, so it's our big one in Las Vegas. 
And if you get a chance to come, we'll we'll take you out to Area 51 on a, a bus ride, and you can go check that out. It's it's a lot of fun. And even if you don't want to deal with the UFO stuff, you have Vegas there. So there you go. <laughs> I would recommend it. Everybody come. I think it's in July. I don't know the exact dates right now, but that's okay. that's uh, so you have a chance. Event. Yeah, July right? you have a chance. As, if we if we if yeah, we'll we'll find out about that. But as for right now, yeah, everything's kind of on hold. I'm lucky to have. I'm lucky to still be employed, though. I know a lot of other people are not that fortunate. Yeah, but sure enough. Yeah. All right. Well, <laughs> thank you very much, Jeremy. Absolutely appreciate having you on. And yeah, we'll definitely have to uh, stay in touch and get you back on. Okay, this is Mike. Great. Oh, uh, you did. I didn't answer your question. They can friend me on Facebook. It's Jeremy Ray, or my email is raymufon at yahoo.com. So R A Y M U F O N at yahoo.com, or Jeremy Ray. You, you can type in Jeremy Ray Mufon and you'll find me on Facebook and private message me if you have any questions. I'll be happy. Awesome. I'm awesome. friending you right now. All right. Rock on, man. <laughs> yeah. And, right. and let's and let's hope for Alaska Triangle second season. How about that? Oh yeah. I, I think it is worthy for a second season. So we'll uh we'll see how that goes. I I enjoyed it. I thought it was the center photography was fantastic. It felt like I was on a trip. Yeah, I thought they did a really, really great job. So when uh, and I hope if that happens, we'll be able to work together on that. That'd be great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. All right, Jeremy. All right. You have a good Thank one. Thank you very Take much. Take care. <laughs> good night. Good night, sir. I need a moment I feel.